Hello, Dee. Hey, Mickey. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Oh, my gosh. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Grief After Dark, Season 2. Dark, dark Matter. Season. Is it dark enough? It is over here. You know, I keep saying it's been a long year. March has been a long year. <laughs> Every fucking month. Every month <laughs> is a long fucking year. So much going on. Like, oh man, our town, like there's just been weird shit happening in our town. You know, community members just randomly dying of things. But it's just like eye-opening of like, you know, y'all, we really need to do better and we what really matters is not any of the stuff that we are forced to believe that matters it's been a doozy and almost everybody I know and even the people that seemingly think that they have you know their shit together and they're you know going about life and doing wonderful things like they're everybody's having a hard time like it's collectively fucking hard Yeah. And if it takes six months for you to get into like overload, you guys were like over two years in to some crazy shit right now. So I'll give myself and everyone else um, full permission to just feel super messed up because shit's crazy. Cheers to that. Cheers. <laughs> to that. Which is why conversations like the one we have today are so good. <laughs> it's such a good reminder for me. Mm-hmm. This theme. And I didn't I didn't really see I didn't see that joy coming out of movement and grief. I didn't see how much joy and yummy little fun pleasure tidbits. Yes. It's such a good reminder. It's so easy in the world right now and in life right now to forget. Um, We keep talking over and over about the kind of shame involved in trying to feel good Mm -hmm. when shit's fucked up. Yep. But it's more important in these moments. It's the most important in these moments. I think that's where the struggle with a lot of readers is, is that the shame of like, oh my God, I'm in this horrible shit place. And then I want joy or I want uh, some pleasure. I want all of these things. But then when you get there, either you don't recognize it or you feel guilty for having it. Right. And there's no, there's no in between. And, you know, with more complex stuff, it's like the feelings that never go away. So you have to learn really how to how to move with those feelings and not try to deny that it's there and and refuse to feel the thing. It's more of I need to dance with this. I need to make sure that this is part of my movement, because otherwise it's going to be in the way all the time. You know, I was just talking to my friend the other day and they were like, I don't know why you're so morbid. I was like, well, welcome to my life. (laughs) One long ass dark fucking comedy, (laughs) you know? And so (laughs) I'm like, I know you don't get that because, you know, nothing 
has really happened to you in that way. You're not traumatized by anything. And you're not repetitively traumatized by anything. And they were like, oh, oh, I never, I didn't think about it like that. And I'm like, this shit is tiring. You know, it's not just you wake up and it's gone and, and you're done and, you're, and it's good and, and everything's fine and hope has saved the day. That's not how this works. Sorry. Yeah. I yeah. hate to bust your bubble. <laughs> but yep. Sorry about that. Sorry are. about all that, throwing all that dark matter at you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, welcome to the party. I think that's what's so refreshing in talking to people like our new friend, my new friend, <laughs> you're not new friend, you're very old friend. Yes. Actually, our interview today with Kiva Siani. Mm-hmm. And the fun that she brought to this conversation, the liberation, the freedom. Yes. Reminding us about practice, pleasure, and play. Mm-hmm. And the importance of those things, talking about her sensual mother's group yes. that she leads up with a friend. <laughs> work wife. <laughs> work wife, yes, her wifey. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, work wifey. I yeah. think everyone needs a work wifey. Yes. I guess that makes you my work wifey. Yeah. If we call this work, which yeah, it is. I mean, yeah. sure. Yeah, why not? It's a pleasure. It's it is. <laughs> it is, which is absolutely the big theme of this conversation yeah. that I once again I learned so much. There were so many things I never thought of. I had so many questions. I mean, I didn't really even know what burlesque was. Oh my Until, God. You know what I kept thinking? It finally occurred to me too, after this conversation, when I think burlesque, I said that I keep picturing the fans, like the big feather fans mm-hmm. and like women, like walking slowly across the stage, covering yeah. their bits with these feather fans. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of freaking Natalie Wood and Rosalind Russell in that movie, that old movie, Gypsy, that old musical. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I kept seeing. The well, gotta get a gimmick. Scene. That's where that's the roots of burlesque, and I yeah. love burlesque myself because I think the artistry and being admired is very different from your run of the mill. Just I'm I'm doing a show and I got my jazz number and all this other kind of stuff, and it, it evokes a different kind of feeling. For sure. And being able to play with the audience, being able to you know yeah just be. In, in in your body in a container that it this is acceptable right and nobody's shaming and nobody's you know we all know and we have all consented to be here for this and to hold this space and to enjoy and to you know maybe learn something about ourselves yeah so i'm thrilled to have kiva on the show because i i never i never could have Imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty magical and uh, fun. I mean, fun and sexy and, and beautiful. Um, like the fabulous Kiva herself. Hey, let us so, take it away. Take it away. This podcast addresses death, difficult emotional content, and contains profanity. Listen with your own motherfucking discretion. (laughs) (laughs) Get your kids. This is Grief After Dark. 
Shiva. Hello, Mickey. Welcome. Hello, <laughs> <Hey. laughs> Welcome to the party. Welcome. Hello. This is this is our party. Cheers. Um, cheers. We bring it yeah. in with cheers. So everybody, this is Kiva. And Kiva and I, just for a little backstory, we went to high school together and like we're family. And basically, you know, that's just all I'm gonna say about that. Anyway. Didn't know who lived at whose right. house. Like, my mom. Right. My, my, her mom was my it, mom. It, and my dad was her crush. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Since I was little though. So like even before I met y'all. So like <laughs> Like that was just like my dream come true. <laughs> that was like my dream come true. And don't tell him I said that now. That right. Don't tell him I said that now because it's not true now. I've moved on to Keanu Reeves. Okay. <laughs> All right. I like him. That's a much better choice okay. than my father. Better morals. Anyway, uh, welcome to Grief After Dark, season two, Dark Matters, and. Kiva, go ahead and take it away. Tell us about what you do in your life. And like, don't leave anything out. And I will stop you if you do. <laughs> Where do I start? Um, at the, at the beginning. beginning. That's, um, that's a load of shit. I mean, start at the second beginning. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah. Uh, so I'm on here. <laughs> let's go here. I am on here as Kiva Siani because I have recently disbranded. I don't know if that's a word, but it's. I'm my word now. I've disbranded myself. I have been a mostly burlesque performer for the better part of 12 to 15 years, uh, 20 years as a striptease artist. Um, 20? I'm 42, so 24, nearing 25 years as a striptease artist. And all of the time before I had an alias because parents and stuff, but I just this year was like no more because I was starting to get into this other realm of spiritual work, I guess is the best way to call it. Mm -hmm. I'm also a massage therapist and have been a massage therapist for not as long as I was a stripper, Uh, (laughs) about 22 years. Um, So I do a lot of body work. I've always naturally had some sort of energetic, spiritual, supernatural things. Like I had a whole ass spirit that was following me for a good long time. That was like the high school thing was trying to get rid of this thing. And it took me moving to my mom's for that to happen. So, um, but yeah, so I've, so I've done all of that, but now as I'm trying to bring that into like, the forefront of my my work it just started getting really difficult to put Sheila Starciani and Kiva and so I just scratched at the beginning of the year Sheila Star she did wonderful things for me but now I'm just Kiva Siani Siani is my real middle name uh so I keep it (laughs) and now about four months ago my wifey my 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 work wife, she is also a phenomenal burlesque performer, but she was first a Power Ranger. Shortly after she had her first child, he's almost four, um, we started working together doing what we called with the Sensual Mothers and started as just a class 
where she led meditation as in center and I led movement meditation, which I'm no longer calling movement meditation because I'm a terrible meditator. It's movement alchemy. Um, Terrible meditator, but it's like (laughs) movement helps make things happen, especially for me. And I really realized that a couple years ago when I broke my foot and I couldn't move the way I needed to. It's very hard. In the middle of the pandemic, when I was already not able to go dancing for... <laughs> yeah. No dancing, no skating. It was real hard. <laughs> so yeah, so that's what I do. So the Sensual Mothers now is a monthly um, women's circle that we do in person, but we will... We're, it's brand new. So who knows what else we're going to do? I'm definitely like, we're going to do some online things. Our Instagram is becoming a, a beautiful uh, amalgamum of photos. Like she, we do like beautiful photos, but then words of wisdom and astrology and all of that stuff. There, is that enough? <laughs> that was a good talk about myself. I think I've got about 350 questions mm-hmm. that we can. I mean, what do you want to spend the next 20 minutes talking about? Do you want to talk about the spirit following you or how you got into dance in the first place? Or like, I need to know everything. <laughs> that, was, that was a hell of a that was a hell of an introduction. I'm terrible and I'm very No, it was great. Not me. Anytime I take after my granddaddy, I just talk. Right. But you're in good company though. You know this. So, I mean, if we talk all night, we talk all night. And Tim will kill us. (laughs) How and when did you start dancing? So I started dancing when I was little. I stopped dancing when I was young. And uh, but that was like, you know, ballet, blah, blah, blah. Then somewhere in my head, I got it that I didn't know how to dance. So Dee Dee doesn't really know me as a dancer. <laughs> Wallflower. <laughs> huh. Seriously, <laughs> this is the truth. And when we reconnected, it was like, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, like when when like we really got reconnected and like found each other again. But I was like, oh, what's your... Where, what did, where did this come from? I need to know what's going on up in here. Also, let's see some ass cheeks. <laughs> also, I'm very excited about this. Um, so I, so I, then I got, I started dancing again when I moved to my mom's because my mom was a dancer in the family. And I got into Polynesian and belly dance. But when I first graduated high school, I got, I wanted out of my mom's house. It was a crazy situation. And uh, and I had been go-go dancing at a teeny bopper club for a while. And one of the other go-go dancers had been trying, telling me, you need to come to the Playgirl, which was the local strip club. And I finally went and auditioned. I was 18 and I was hired immediately. Yeah. And here we are. And here we are. And here we are. And I am one of the best strip teasers in the world. <laughs> How does that translate for you with the grief that you've had to deal with Ooh. in your life? Like, in what ways has this kind of mu- movement been impactful for you? For me, it's not just like the strip tease sexy movement. Sure. All of it. 
it's just my my best way to process through my emotion for me. I know everyone has like a slightly different way, but I think some people we really just need to keep in motion and get that like and like I can sometimes literally feel whatever emotion it is wherever it traps and I need to like get it out. So with grief in in particular and not to in any way, shape, or form, like trivialize the grief of a death, the loss of a loved one, but we can grieve so many things in life. Absolutely. And for me, I need to get to that place. Exes have tried to be like, don't go out dancing for whatever. And I'm like, but I need to. Why are you going out? You could just dance in your living room. Like that isn't even enough for me though. I need the loud music. I need to Mm -hmm. be able to get lost in the 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 base mm-hmm. and the energy of the rest of the crowd to mm-hmm. literally not feel myself so that it can just whatever it is that's inside of me can just dissipate what's super important about what you just said is that you are pinpointing what you need in order for this to work And I don't think that a lot of people really are able to pinpoint what they need in order to make things work. So I want to say for folks that are listening, that is totally one of the key ingredients is knowing what works for you and knowing how it works for you and knowing your devices and things like that. And like what worked for someone else might not work for you specifically. You can always alter it. You can tweak Mm -hmm. it. Like it's just just starting points when you're like, I know people are always like, how do you da da da? I'm like, this is a starting point. You got to tweak it for yourself. That's so important. Right. It's like, we could give you the recipe, but like, you know, you got to put the, well, you got to put the stink on it. You have to start something at some point. It is different for everybody. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what's going to work for you, especially in something like grief or trauma, something that you're holding in your body. If you're like stuck in anything that makes you feel shitty, it is super important to know what it is that you need, mm-hmm. but it's trial and error a little bit to learn that. Yeah. You know, I wish it wasn't. I wish there was just like a magical equation where you could be like, eat this thing, drink this thing. And then go dance to this and then you'll be all right. There's no real one answer, but you're right, Dee. It's knowing what you need to do, if it's if it's movement or not, just it's it's so, so important. Tony actually talked about that, about really identifying what you need. Mm-hmm. You know, when you set out on the journey, even if it is trial and error, you got to start. You got to start somewhere. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like when we talk about being mothers you don't always know what your baby needs. So it's, it's always like, Mm -hmm. you're the baby now and you need to take care of whatever those needs are. So that crying inside of you that like, you need to learn how to pacify that you need to learn how to advocate for yourself and saying, this is actually not Mm -hmm. working for me. And I, and I don't have to be married to it for all the time. And I can change the direction of this. I can change what, I need a lot of people can't even change. They, they, they don't feel, they don't give themselves permission to say that this isn't working for me. This tool isn't working for me. Mm. I need to do something else. And even that it's exhausting. It is exhausting trying to figure out what you need. It's super. Sometimes it can be really fun though. 
Oh, for me, it's an excellent <laughs> adventure <laughs> because I'm trying to live my best life now. I know I've been sad, but also, but listen, I refuse because obviously I ain't fixing to get taken out anytime soon. And if I do, do me a favor. Um, <laughs> but I refuse. I just refuse to to latch on to the misery for the rest of my life. That doesn't sound fucking appealing at all. It doesn't at sound all. appealing to me at all. And so, you know, y'all got to convince me. And that's <laughs> kind of how I approach other people. Like y'all need, you need to figure out what it takes to convince you that this is going to work for you. Like, I can't tell you if this is going to work. This is, mm-hmm. this is something you can try though. And sometimes it's, it's cool when you know, when like you have a handle on how you got there yourself. So it might not be drink this thing and eat this thing and dance to this song, but it can be drink something that works, you know, eat something and pick your favorite song. Like yep. you can, you can guide, help to guide people with like little templates. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Give you a little rubric. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Yeah. yeah. So you have dust. a starting point. You're not just <laughs> yeah. floating aimlessly. But that, and that is, um, and it's funny, Dee, you said uh, you said you are the child now, and that is kind of what. So the sensual mothers is not just for mothers, which we're trying to figure out how to let women know that it's for women. We're moms. <laughs> right. Like yeah. just the natural. We're moms, you but know. you don't yeah. have to be a mom. But it, in for how I am really taking this is kind of like that, like remothering yourself. Uh-huh. what what we're guiding our circle members through are different ways to and using principles of practice pleasure and play we are all like all about reparenting remothering rewiring yourself for your life because while i tell new mothers we don't go into babies' lives. They come into ours. So they need, we need to get them to adjust mm-hmm. to our life. But once we're old enough to do it ourselves, it's our life. We don't have to even, even for me, even changing my disbranding myself was like, no, fuck this dad. I no longer feel beholden to this agreement that I made with you 10 years ago, you know, this doesn't work for me anymore. And I don't need to worry about what's working for you. Cause you're going to die soon. <laughs> you're a whole ass grown ass man. Take care of your own feelings. You know what I mean? Like that's the, and that's really the truth. And like, and, and so a lot of the same shit for me, like, you know, my mom and what, but you don't know her mm-hmm. now in the current times, but she, she done lost it. And so it's like, I don't feel like I need to parent in a way that's pleasing to her anymore i don't feel like i need to adhere to a lot of the shit that was you know given to me Mm -hmm. without my consent even and so that whole reparenting thing that's a lot of grief in there there's so much grief in there all the opportunities that you didn't take because you thought there's shame involved for me a lot of yes shame and Mm -hmm. discomfort and not being able to be who i am with that portion of my family Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's like it, it, that is a loss and that is like filled up with grief. And it's like, how do you navigate that when it is partially family and then mm-hmm. like society? 
So it's like two mm-hmm. things happening at the same time. More than two things. It's like, you know, so many things happening at the same time. And being able to be in this space, to hold this space for each other and and um, support each other in the way of like, I honor what you're mm-hmm. doing because I see the changes that you have made for yourself. And I'm so proud of that. Like, I'm so proud of that for you. I'm proud of that for myself because in that, like, it's Mm -hmm. a mirror. You know, I see a lot of myself in you and I see a lot of myself in Mickey and I see a lot of myself out in the world where we're doing Mm -hmm. this kinds of work. And I'm like, y'all, I'm so proud of y'all. I don't even know what to do. When it's Mm -hmm. genuine, I'd hesitate to even try and put a percentage on the people even narrow down to our country who are living a genuine life and really trying to be who they are versus what we're being sold. I actually, I went to a celebration of life this morning and Mm. one of the people who spoke, the person who died was really just incredibly genuine and everybody liked this person immediately upon meeting him because he was just it shines when you're being who you are. If you're not an asshole, if you're an asshole, be someone else. I've got <laughs> dibs on that shirt, so nobody steal it. <laughs> I think we need assholes. We do. Contrast. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, us. they, everyone has their job, right? On my best days, I like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Balance. But keep it to a minimum. We Go be an asshole, issues. maybe just over there. Yeah. <laughs> over there. That's fine. Right. I want to hear more about play, pleasure. Practice pleasure and play. Yes, please. So that is the those those three Ps are kind of what Monica and I live by. My 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 work wifey, the other mother. She she's way better at the practice than I am. We are both exceptional at playing (laughs) and I'm very good at pleasure. (laughs) Doing those three things, we've basically, like we took all our words when we were doing this, all our words and we're like, it boils down to making sure that you get the things done that are necessary and that you need. And in order to be able to have all of the pleasure that you can get out of life, because there are definitely things that you have to do. Otherwise, you're just going to be thinking about all of the things that you want to do in terms of pleasure and play. And pleasure for me is very like I'm very much I'm not do like I don't do a job that I'm not into. I don't do anything that doesn't feel like it's right for me. And I guess that is kind of practice. It is. It is. That is all. It's all of those things wrapped up into one because when I left my corporate job back in 2009, I made a promise to myself that I wouldn't go back to anything like that because it wasn't serving what I was actually wanting Mm. to do with my life. And so it was unorthodox, but also I had a disabled kid too. So it wasn't like, you know, I was just taken off to, you know, go frolic in the hills. I wish that were the case, (laughs) but also 
you know, and all of, so all of my journey with her, that solidified it every single time. And it's, you know, I've heard people complain and I've heard the, you know, the behind my back comments about, oh, she just needs a job and she needs just to go. But what they're, what they're skipping over is, is that any job that I have, that I, that I do, it needs to align with me, not the other way around, because it's not going to go well. Like I left the corporate job because of that. Why would I go back to it? And, and folks <laughs> think I'm crazy, but I'm still here. And I'm also not out of my mind, which is what I fear the other side of that coin is for me is that I will go batshit crazy if I have to continuously keep up this facade of capitalism and doing the whole rigmarole and, and you, you know, day in, day out in the rat race. I can't, that's right, not something that right. works for me. Well, I, it is, it is unorthodox to live <laughs> a life based around pleasure and seeking pleasure and the people who do it, like they do it in the chat, like they do it in secret almost because it seems like people treat you like you're an indulgent prick because you want to live a good life. Like I'm just trying to be happy. I'm the fucking crazy one here. I think it's right? super refreshing <gasps> to hear somebody say that like their their goal, what they do in life is geared towards finding pleasure. Yeah. So you, you guys have a, a mean, topic that's always difficult for me. Like I want to be a vampire. I don't ever want to die. <laughs> and that's mostly because I'm like, but what if I don't get everything out of this life that I want? Like, I don't know how much time I have left. How do I make sure that I get everything and accomplish and do everything that I want in this life? I'm surely not going to waste time doing something I don't fucking like. Cheers to that. <laughs> Cheers know? to that. And and that's one of the things that I encourage people to do. And it sounds like, oh, we're so full of privilege and X, Y, Z. But we, we are all a lot mm-hmm. of this choice. And I give up a lot to do what I do. I give up mm-hmm. a lot to do what I do. I don't spend time listing the things that I give up because it doesn't fucking matter. It's an active form of misery. And and it's like living a life for other people, like for, yeah. for their approval and for their mm-hmm. benefit. And it mm-hmm. doesn't benefit you. You know, money's nice. Money's cute and everything. But you can't take that shit to the grave mm-hmm. with you. It's it's a tool. Money is a tool. For pleasure, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, so, like, how fucking backwards is it? <laughs> no, it's a tool for the things that you want. Right. But somehow people think it's a thing that you're <laughs> supposed to, like, hold on to for whatever reason. Right. And I get it. Like, sure, if I had tons of money, I could have a private jet and go everywhere on my bucket list. But I mean, if you yeah, find I was, one, I mean, I'm a know. host. <laughs> let us <laughs> just casually let us find one lying in the middle of the I am not opposed. I'm just I mean, I'm not willing to sacrifice much of what I enjoy to have that. It's right. It would be backwards. Mm-hmm. 
I always hesitate to say anything's for everybody, but I think it's fucking backwards for everybody just between the three of us. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I am also interested in burlesque. Like, how mm-hmm. would you define that? And what was the transition? Did you transition from one style to the next or like, did you kind of do both? Is it kind of the same thing? I call burlesque fancy striptease. Okay. It's fancy striptease. I kind of transitioned. Like I w- there was a point in time, like years. So I was working at a regular strip club for a bit. And then I, and then I joined the cab burlesque group. We didn't take our tops off. Um, I was still doing Polynesian dance competitively. And then I quit stripping, I think because I was going into, um, I was going into college, like into the university and I just couldn't keep it all going at once. Mm-hmm. So I stopped and then I was like, I want to do more. I want to do, I, and when I first started, I was like, I'm going to be the next Dita Von Tees. But, uh, but yeah, so I kind of like, I did like a slide into burlesque and burlesque is just fancy striptease. I know so many old biddies that have been, they were stripped. Strip, burlesque was the strip club of the, that day. Yes. I still think of like giant feather fans mm-hmm. and yeah. Oh, that's still going on. That's still going on. I have on. them. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I know other than contemporary, but one of the most famous burlesque performers of like the 1940s and it was Tempest Storm. Uh-huh. Um, knew she, I, I knew her, she just passed this last year and yeah, I, I, I knew her, been in her house. They, these women are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like we have the burlesque hall of fame in Vegas every year. And we do the, the, um, the legends night where some of the women get the older, they come out on stage and it is just waddling up. <laughs> but then like something happens when the spotlight hits them and there's all great all of a sudden. Listen, <laughs> and that beat drop. Yeah. Everybody know what's supposed to go on with yep, the beat yep. drop. <laughs> I'll never forget. It's so fun. I was a stage kitten who like handles the clothing that fall. And Jean Idell was the Sally ran, the black Sally ran. And so I helped her get to the stage and I helped her in tech and I helped her. And then when she, but she gets there and she's like this little tiny, tiny 83 year old woman or eight something. And yeah, she's like, and very slow. It took her like a minute to get to the center of the stage. And then she picked up those fans and it was like her shoulders were ageless. Ah. Nominal. I cried. That's so incredible <laughs> to me. I definitely feel like I wasted my 20s and I should have had my titties out uh-huh. way more than I did. <laughs> you know what I mean? Although I dropped it like it was hot every chance <laughs> I got. But I feel like, honestly, I very much feel like I wasted a lot of my time adhering to, you know, the mm-hmm. norms or the it, it's not pr- proper. And then, you know, when we were talking to Kim and uh, talking about when we are just able to touch ourselves without having mm-hmm. shame so for that and like coming home mm-hmm. to your body. It must be so incredible to be 80 years old, a burlesque dancer 
and being able to be in your skin in that kind of power. It's amazing. I learned so much from these women. I have mm-hmm. a couple of them on my ancestor altar because they since I've known mm-hmm. them over the last 10 years. I just mm-hmm. they are such an inspiration because they also were women who were like what the the new burlesque world kind of sucks. The new <laughs> burlesque world like it's a weird thing where it's like trying to take the sex out of it. It's very strange. I don't understand it. And like, then there's this back and forth and it's, it's women's empowerment. And like the thing for them that was so empowering is that they were women in the, you know, twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, even. Yeah. Some of them nineties, even, I guess. Yeah. A bunch of, there are a bunch of nineties era strippers that we were like, mm-hmm, we, we vibe on our music. <laughs> But right. who? But the thing that's so empowering was that, especially back then, for women, you didn't have you be a wife or somebody's somebody, mama. somebody's mama, a wife, somebody's mama, and then you could, and that's all you could be. You couldn't be sexual. You mm-hmm. couldn't be, you know, enticing. You couldn't take care of your own pleasure. Somebody else mm-hmm. was supposed to do that for you, and and it was left up to them how they were going to do it. And they're all rule breakers who were like, "No, fuck that! I take my." life and pleasure into my own hands. I don't need a man. I don't want a man. I want my own house. That's what was empowering about those women to mm-hmm. me is that they were, I guess I, I really vibe with them because I guess I also am very much the like in that same way. Like I'm like, I don't need a man. I've been a single mom for 23 years. Like I am, I don't, have to it's me here the dude I'm seeing every any dude who comes in like ooh, ooh I'm like no like Whoopi Goldberg said I don't want nobody <laughs> living in my house <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> exactly <laughs> the value of solitude for 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 women and even you know as mothers like this is this is this is like you have offended everyone when you say I need time away from my children. It's almost like you, you said that you don't love your kids anymore. Like Sally, listen, bitch, everybody mm-hmm. get a break. <laughs> like that's all I need. I didn't say those two things don't really cancel mm-hmm. each other out, but the pressure, the pressure to, to be ever present, the, the, the ever presence and the like ever happiness and the ever flowing rivers of love and all things wonderful and sure. kind. Like who? Who? That's not, not sustainable. sustainable. Never was. Now we're focused uh-uh. shitting on your stuff <laughs> and tearing uh-uh. up your furniture. You got dogs ripping running through the house. I got a farm and shit. Like y'all, oh come God. on. I <laughs> like let's fighting for my alone time, man. Nope. Right, and we and that shouldn't even be a thing. Like that doesn't even sound right. That you have to fight for your own time who has to wage a fucking (laughs) war to be alone (laughs) even even against my own body a couple weeks ago I thought I was having a heart attack but I had set aside the day I even told my mom and my daughter I'm not going to the grocery store I will go tomorrow because today I need to do this and I thought I was having a heart attack it wasn't a heart attack I just pulled my my uh my intercostals right right there 
between yeah. the rib. Mm-hmm. I pulled it and it was like right over your heart. So it's like throbbing. I thought that I was going to, I went to hospital in the ambulance and everything. Oh shit. You're like, I finally <laughs> take a fucking day. And this is what happens with it. I was so. Betty Davis up in here. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> listen the way I will lay out on this floor is frustrated I was like I can't even protect my alone time from my whole body (laughs) (laughs) my whole body won't even let me do this (laughs) that is so frustrating this is a this is a solid for me this is a solid not that I need a reminder but it's one of those like we've come a long way we've got a long way to go Mm mm-hmm conversations mm-hmm. where like, I'm sure, I mean, 20 some years as a dancer is like, there's been a lot of change in how we look at strippers and exotic dancers and even burlesque performers. Like it's way more accepted now than it was even 10 years ago. I feel like, you know, the world it's opening up, you know, or like kind of prying those cracks open and we have to fight for every fucking centimeter that we get. But, you know, I mean, I, it's, it's in great thanks to people who do it fearlessly front and center (laughs) vampire or not. (laughs) It blazes the trail. Mm -hmm. And without the shame of it, because Goodness gracious, sex work is real work. Yeah. Listen, it's the first form of work. They weren't fucking at the architecture school. (laughs) They was at the brothel. Get the fuck out of here with your bullshit talking about this isn't an an acceptable form of work. I mean, but but seriously, at my big age, it's like at right now, what I'm working on is sexual mm-hmm. healing. I'm not working on, hey, I got to go get a degree so I can go work right. this place down here. No. That ain't what I'm working on. <laughs> I'm working on my sexual health. I am working on mm-hmm. my womanhood and my personhood and my, like, you know, just being a mm-hmm. fucking human being. You know, I'm not seeking out these yeah. run-of-the-mill things. What I'm doing is maybe moonlighting with my little burlesque group down here in Santa Fe or... I'm like, you, you know, doing, doing things that call mm-hmm. to my spirit, you know, and, and that movement has always called me. I stopped dancing because I had kids and had all this stuff going on and like, you know, doing all these things. It's, it's one African community asks, when did you stop dancing? When did you stop singing? When did you stop, you know, making art? When did you stop tapping into source? Because those things are all mm-hmm. part of source for me. Anyway, and so, you know, and I truly believe that. And like the healing doesn't come Mm-mm. if you don't do it. You've got to do it. Yeah. And I have hopes that the more people do it and the more open they are about it, the more this will be part of people's whole world, part of their makeup, part of their regular life, something that they do as daily practice. My God, orgasm more often. Please. <laughs> more often. The world and, and would just be for such a different place. Any reason. Go touch yourself. <laughs> go be with yourself <laughs> for, for an hour. You know, I implement pleasure hour here in this house. My children are young. And so, like, I tell them this is happy hour <laughs> for y'all. 
It's pleasure hour mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And that means you can do whatever you want for an hour. And I'm going to do what I need to do for an hour. And so I take those hours whenever I can. And this might be more than one hour a day. So, you know, that's my prerogative. But minimum, it's an hour. And I have it very tailored to who I am. And not about like, oh, what are they going to think of me if they found out I'm doing this? Bitch, I'm writing this shit down. And when you turn 18, you're going to have a book. <laughs> your mama done said, get in there and mm-hmm. take care of your business. <laughs> it is yeah yeah the alone time the which is hard for me mostly it's not gotten much to do with being a mom anymore it's only half to do with being a mom now because my kids are bigger but I have a tendency to allow people to come and take my time and space like anyone calls I'm gonna jump off a cliff they're not gonna jump off a cliff right <laughs> right <laughs> but they think they're going to right right I have to right I'm like that that is more important and then for me actually getting back it's hard for me so I said I broke my foot during Uh the pandemic and I've actually gotten out of the habit of moving and I still am not able to go to dance clubs because I'm not we're, we're I'm not vaccinated so I'm still not allowed to do that here um Blah blah blah, muff muff muff. But <laughs> <laughs> muff muff muff. <laughs> Thank you for for this conversation, and it's just like for the the tip of the iceberg, honestly. So we'll probably ask you to come back sometime so we can dig a little deeper. We have come to our not so rapid fire rapid fire question mm-hmm. segment. If you're down to play, <laughs> yeah. First question: If you could be given the complete library of the work of a single actor who would you pick hmm that's a tough one uh-huh. uh maybe robert de niro uh-huh. that was one of the first people i thought of i'm gonna say anthony hopkins wildly i thought of al pacino i heard your al pacino and i'm like that's not who i mean that's not it <laughs> that's not the one in my head and i was like that's, that's not so him. funny um <laughs> If you could guarantee the happiness of a single person in the world because they deserve it, who would it be? Um, I'm like, well, I can't pick one of my kids because then I'd be playing favorites. So my Aunt Pilar, because she's absolutely wonderful. I'm going to say my son just because that kid, he, he deserves it. He really just does. And if I could do that for him, I would absolutely do it in a heartbeat. Am I a dick if I say me? I'm a say no, me. not at all. Because I mean, I, I mean, shit, man. Everybody else benefits if you're happy. I just feel like <laughs> it's the most tangible thing I can say. Like, if I could guarantee my happiness, I think I could spread a lot more to the people I love. Mm. Amen. Third question: If every night you could have one singer appear to serenade you, who would it be? Is it okay that I don't want anyone singing to me? I guess. Do I have to? I mean, you don't, you I, don't have to nope, if you don't want yeah. to. Nope. Miguel. Miguel, just because okay. he's my crush. Right. I mean, <laughs> you know. So earlier when I picked this question, I was like, oh, two people popped into my mind, either Brian McKnight or Whitney Houston, and I couldn't decide. So, like, maybe one every other night, but definitely 
<laughs> I would be happy with Brian McKnight singing to me anywhere I go at all times. <laughs> Gosh, this is like the first question you have asked of many, many, many questions where I got nothing. Nothing. I got nothing. I'm just trying to think of like, who's got like a good bedroom voice. Cause they're going to have to sing quiet. Right. Nat King Cole. I'm with it. I'm with All it. Right. Consequently, Natalie Cole was the first concert I ever went to in utero. I was born like a month later. <laughs> oh, man. That wraps was it up for us. That's it. Thank you so much. Yeah. To visit with us. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Like, I can't even. Of course. Oh. I know I've said it in text and stuff and I'm an over complimenter but like I believe people should fucking know I think it's nice to say nice things if they're genuine and I think it's hugely important and all we do is sit here and talk about how fucking short life is and how fast time flies and if if you're not taking every fucking chance you've got to tell people that they're wonderful and that they're important to you or that they've made an impact on you what are we here for do better. Do better. <laughs> On that note, thank you, thank you for having me. It's been yeah, a pleasure, and I enjoy it. You guys are wonderful. Thank you for being here. 